Hey everybody, this is All Sports Are Good. I am Patrick on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> and I am Jake Whipple. And sports are fucking great, They're right? so good. I, you know, I've seen a lot of guys out there that like... Thinking of, I'm thinking of a couple in particular. They show a lot of grit. They got great hustle. They're sneaky fast. Sneaky fast. Oh, yeah. This is like, this is the golden age of sports. I, I would I would say so. Yeah, like you see a lot of like really cerebral players who are getting the job done. They're real leaders. Real leaders in the locker room. Really making sure everybody's on board. You know, getting on with coach's game plan. Hard workers. Real hard workers. You know, my favorite players are the ones that don't get in any trouble mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. don't talk a lot during interviews and really don't say much at all those they, are that's what the players that I really respect they really players. keep it clean like they don't like you said they don't they're not saying things they're not out there on the twitter or the instagram out there you know being on the social medias you know yeah. causing a lot of trouble out in the mainstream yeah i don't want to see any of, of my athletes smoking the marijuana none of that hear about them smoking the marijuana or drinking the alcohol or enjoying themselves in their private lives whatsoever you hear occasionally some of these guys are out there dating women or mm-hmm. like being in the discotheque you know like, <laughs> <laughs> they're just out there doing the two-step on yeah. the weekends yeah. you know i just, i don't want to see I want to see my favorite baseball players eating at an Applebee's at 5 p.m. <laughs> yeah, and that's absolutely. it. That is partying to me. Well, and like you see these guys out there right now, you know, like it's disgraceful, you know, like they're out there, they're dancing and they're clowning around and they're just, it's really just a disgrace to the game. They're really not like, they're not playing, they're not playing the right way. They're not doing the right things. You know, you see a lot of uh, guys who have these character issues and like, there's a lot of natural talent, but they don't hustle. They don't work hard. They're not real. They're not max effort guys. You know, they're not putting it all out there on the field for the team every single day. Like I want a Buster Posey. Mm -hmm. I want Mm -hmm. my player in church. And I also want him leading the team through his cerebral <laughs> vision of the field. Because he's it's my guy. <laughs> Just, you know, like, in they're out there. And, like, this, w- you know, this wouldn't have flown back in the day. Not back when uh, Ed Hardass Crackerton was still coaching, you know? <laughs> like, Coach Crackerton, you step, you step out of line with Coach Crackerton and BAM! Folding <laughs> chair to the knees. Just like that. But these days, they won't even let you spit on the players. Like... Just no wonder, no wonder they're out there just dancing and being on boats. Back in my day, back in my day, men were men. Mm-hmm. Baseball mm-hmm. players were men. Absolutely. Managers, men. Fans were men. Ushers were men. Mm-hmm. Hot dogs were men. Absolutely. Bags of candy corn. You bet your ass they were men. Oh, oh, you know it. And now I just. I don't see the same baseball that I used to see. Now that they have math now, math, math, math. Listen, buddy, I couldn't do math in the first grade, and I'm sure as hell not gonna do math today. Sure, do I cry about it when I think about how I couldn't do math? Yeah, a little bit, but that's just how it was back then. We were men, 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 just men. Just you men. remember? You remember when every athlete had a farm? And they were farmers. Yeah. And then they would play the sports every once in a while in between farming. I want my I want my baseball players to be full-time farmers first. I want a Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> full-time farmers. And then do baseball, but also don't. You better fucking hustle. <laughs> you run that fly out. You run that pop fly out. I know it's going straight to second base, but you run. You run no matter what. We're not going to trade you. You can't leave. So behave like it. You have no choices. So all sports are bad. All sports are fucking bad. If you didn't catch that. I am Patrick on the internet. I am Jake Whipple. And yeah. (laughs) Uh, God, was that not insufferable? That was horrible. <laughs> God, it was so hard to keep a straight face doing that. Like you probably, you all probably noticed us laughing really hard the whole time at <laughs> a bunch of weird, like coded bullshit that people like to say about players now. Like that they used to be better, that they used to act a certain way, and now they don't. Yeah. Now they're now they're people of color playing mm-hmm. sports. Yeah, and there's just. 
you know, the personalities have really taken over the game, and I don't appreciate it. It's all about money now. <laughs> it was always all them. about money, though. <laughs> oh, my God. Wasn't it always always about money? <laughs> do you think that Do you think that Ted Williams was just like, you know what? I don't want any money. <laughs> I'm good with Please. no money. I like the part where I didn't have money, and I also still don't have money. I would like to continue not having money in the future. So yeah, so that was like so this like as you might have noticed, what we're trying to get here with get at with this here is like the the way people fucking talk about players. And which is interesting particularly in like in the context of the NFL having these long discussions about draft prospects and their character issues or whether or not they're going to be really good for the team or whether or not they're going to have locker room issues going forward. Whether or not they celebrate too much. Yeah. Or they get into trouble. Getting into trouble is, like, the most, like, broad term. It's, like, it could mean anything between literally getting into trouble, which is legitimately bad, or doing a thing that someone takes a picture of, like, uh, being out drinking. Normal things that all these people (laughs) do. (laughs) There was was that guy who, his, he, he dropped, like, a full round in the draft because there was one video of him smoking weed a time. And everybody just lost their fucking minds. Yeah. Like, for me, that's not enough time smoking weed. I'm going need- <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm need to need to smoke more marijuana. Yeah. You hear the, you hear this language about people all the time. Like, you know, the words, like we were going with right at the beginning, like gritty, hustle, cerebral, um, really gets the job done, leadership, you know, hard mm-hmm. workers. And then there's the flip side that's like character issues, locker room issues, all flash, not a team player disloyal to the fan base yeah. a lot of natural talent that's a big one actually when you start talking a about a lot of natural yeah. talent yeah that's creepy weird yeah because yeah. it's almost always used in reference to like black players especially in football where you talk about a lot of natural talent mm-hmm. where that's it's yeah it doesn't you don't it's not specifically projected in the way that it's actually designed to be heard because what they're trying to say is this guy's supposed to be good. Um, like, they have all this natural ability, but it's always, fo- like, natural talent is almost always followed up with a caveat about a character concern, or, like, yeah. they don't try hard enough, or there's something they don't do, because, yeah, you want to you want to bring up natural talent and then couch it in something, like, but they don't, you know, are they really going to work hard enough? Are they really going to do yeah. these things? Can we really believe in them going forward? Can we trust them? Yeah, it's yeah. it's always dog it's dog whistly and mm-hmm. it's it's just it's just creepy and weird and it's just the like sports have always been racist but these are the ways in which it's carrying out that old racism and just yeah. kind of like presenting it in a more like digestible way for like moderate white people to listen to all the time. Yeah, and you hear <laughs> you hear somebody talk about like uh, one of the big examples that I I, I want to go to for this is Randy Moss who. <laughs> was always presented as having character or locker room issues by the press. And like it should be we should make clear too that like a lot of what we're saying here, like these are all words that like analysts and press members use in order yeah. to talk about players. Like these are not things you hear from actual people in the sport that much. It's all about commentary and analysis. And uh, Moss, um, if you were gonna say he had character issues, what you're referring to is an incident that he had in high school where a friend of his was called a racial slur by another uh, schoolmate, and Moss essentially backed his friend up in the confrontation that followed and ended up actually doing jail time over it. Yeah. And then occasionally smoked weed. Yeah. End of list. That's it. Those those are the things you could really say. There's a second issue d- during his NFL career where he was trying to make an illegal U-turn and a police officer jumped out of their car to try and stop them, and he bumped into them. Yeah. And was then charged with assault with a deadly weapon. Although um, he, it's weird that the cop jumped out of his car <laughs> yeah. to stop him from making a U-turn. Yeah, just turn the lights on. Like, yeah. let him finish. Turn the lights on him. Go give him a ticket. Like, yeah. The, so fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, the same, like, the same things that people say are, like, you know when Donovan McNabb was playing for the Eagles, mm. anytime he if he would get go down in an injury and then someone would back him up, like if they had a Jeff Garcia or God, I forgot who the other white dude that backed up Donovan McNabb and wants to go up. <laughs> but Eagles fans would be like, "Yeah, that's our guy. Oh, he's a leader. He's getting it done." It's just like Donovan McNabb's fucking amazing. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's just you just have to watch football. Like you don't yeah. even need to like. 
Just watch him play football. It's obvious Donovan McNabb is better than Jeff Garcia. It's really clear. Like there's no like there's no room for disagreement there because they're object like these are players who are objectively better. But then like and then language like calling someone a diva comes into play. Oh you know? yeah, that like, is most definitely always always dog whistly. Mm-hmm. Well I'm like like you think about Terrell Owens too, who was held out of the Hall of Fame for multiple years, um, because of this sort of idea about the player that he was, even though he was a guy who very clearly seemed to have his play, his uh, teammates' backs at all times. Like, yeah, he, he was, cried for a quarterback. Yeah, like for Tony Romo. For Tony Romo. <laughs> yeah, he was like he was stand like he stood up for Tony Romo deeply emotionally in front of a lot of people, and then got clowned on for yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's like are you if, serious. If Randy, it's either or it's either uh, Terrell Owens is a bad dude who hates his teammates. Or Terrell Owens is now supporting his teammates too much. Like what? Yeah. How he can't win or lose in this scenario because you've all you've already decided that he's a bad person. Yeah. You've just every, we've all just decided that we hate Terrell, and yeah. because he wears sunglasses sometimes. I think. Like <laughs> I'm trying to think of something he actually did, and I can't come up with anything. He did have some things where he he tried to like talk about Jeff Garcia's sexuality. All right, and that's a little like, strange. Which is yeah. which is a bit much, but I I imagine that situation has been cleared up. Like, like I don't think that he, he and Jeff Garcia are still beefing. I don't think Terrell Owens thinks that was a good look for him. No, but he has to like carry that forever, essentially. But no one even actually talks about that for the things that they don't like Terrell Owens for. No, if they, I mean, if they were thinking of like if that, that's the most viable thing I can think of. But other than that, he was just kind of goofy. Like, he was a weird guy. Like, like, he had weird interviews. Yeah, he was kind of like he was kind of a strange guy. But like, so were pretty much all the people who managed yeah. to devote themselves to a sport to arrive at this level. Yeah. Like, so is Madison Bumgarner. Yeah, he's a farmer. That's how's that? That's fucking weird to me. You're a millionaire, my dude. You do not need to be a farmer. That's a lot of work. <laughs> we go back to farmers. <laughs> What do you so your profession? I'm a pitcher in Major League Baseball. I've won a Cy Young. And what do you do in your off time? I raise soy. Yeah. <laughs> or it's, what, what do you What do you do? It's like, oh yeah, I'm a farmer. Oh really? I thought you were like a. Oh yeah, also. Ah, oh, my bad. I won the World Series three times. <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> Shit, my bad. <laughs> oh man. Like, people do this with individual sports as well. Like, people will talk about the NBA as being full of, like, showboaters and, like, personalities outsized from the game. Like, that's somehow a bad thing. Like, yeah. that somehow the exposure these guys get from um, being good at what they do and also marketing their personalities well is a negative impact on the sport, which is obviously not true. Like, ever since the NBA started encouraging that sort of thing, they've become wildly more popular. Like, oh they're, God, they're the best league. Yeah, by far. Yeah. Like, they're fun. Like, yeah. I'm way more interested in NF- in the NBA offseason than I am in any other one because it's full of a bunch of individuals who have an outsized influence on the market saying a bunch of random shit and tweeting weird things and then... It's it's just enjoyable. There's these odd, like, there's weird social media beef that goes down, and it's just, it's fun to be a part of. Like, it's fun to experience from a fan perspective, because it gives you access to them as people that you don't get through the game. Yeah. You know know whose Instagram that I pay close attention to? Kevin Durant. You know whose Instagram I don't pay any attention to at all? Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Because Kevin Durant... Will haul off and say some wild shit, and it'll be totally cool because that's totally normal. Because that's kind of what millennials do. Yeah. He's the most millennial athlete. <laughs> Kevin Durant came out with a whole line of sneakers about a mean thing Russell Westbrook said about him. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. That's Kevin, so much fun. Kevin Durant beefed with a child. <laughs> For questioning his leadership <laughs> ability. He didn't even switch to the burner. My man got on his actual account and said, you know what? Fuck you. <laughs> Maybe not those words, but I liked it. I signed off on that. You yeah. do you, Kevin. I'm all for it. Like Straight to New York. Yeah, like, and the, like, at least the NBA has sort of embraced the personality of players because no other leagues have done this like, no. at all. Um, the MLB actively, well, not at this, less actively at this point, but has 
historically has actively tried to suppress it. Well, the the league itself, the league marketing, I think, is trying to get behind what the N, what the NBA is doing. But all of its analysts, players, and fans are actively doing the opposite. So while you see a commercial on MLB about, like, oh, during the World Series, it's like, let the kids play. And that's a nice thing. But it's like when you, that's a nice thing to think. But when you actually watch baseball and look at the commentary, look at the people talking about baseball, look at the fans on Twitter. They they say the exact opposite. No they respect for the game. Yeah, there's, you hate to see that. Yeah, they're out here just looking. They're like they're cheering Josh Hader and they're booing <laughs> they're booing <laughs> Yasiel Puig. So that's that's the, what you get from baseball in reality outside of their marketing, which is trying very hard. But yeah, they can't. No, like the the fans and the institution get mad at uh, Yasiel Puig for being a fun weirdo who does weird stuff, yeah. like lick his bat and bat flip every time he knocks a single over shortstop, which is hilarious, <laughs> frankly. And um, and then like yeah, Josh Hader tweets a bunch of racist shit, and they're like, you really have to back this guy up, though. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, we got. We, I think he deserves a standing ovation. Yeah, you know, and there's, I mean, there's a history of like personalities not being backed up in sports like back when michael jordan was the eminent uh basketball personality that was all coached around or excuse me not coached but couched around his identity on the court like mj Mm -hmm. the person was never really at stake like that was not a thing that happened like even when he was in space jam his entire character was mj the basketball player yeah you know um and his uh his marketability was built entirely around that, being the best basketball player on the planet, and everybody loved him because yeah. of how amazing he was at basketball. Sidebar. Yo. What if Space Jam were realistic and Michael Jordan bet on the monster? <laughs> <laughs> he, he just, like, reaches out. Like, you get the whole arm extend scene, and he goes to dunk the ball. He's like... Oops. <laughs> I missed. Oh, no. And I'm just like, this isn't a real NBA game. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't real. <laughs> also, I love I love that, like, the era of basketball that that was built around meant that the Monstars, like, inhabited the bodies of Sean Bradley and Muggsy Bogues. Like, yeah. I mean, I'll take Muggsy Bogues. I don't know about Sean Bradley, though. Yeah, Sean Bradley, like... Sean Bradley, I've looked at his numbers and like he's he was a totally legit NBA oh, player yeah, in sure. a lot of ways, but he's also like most famous for the images of other people dunking on him. Oh yeah, because he's just this tall weird dude, and then <laughs> you watch somebody dunk all over, and you're like, that's ridiculous, and that's what we all remember. And I'm sure there are a lot of um, sports fans who are like, oh, I really like Sean Bradley's hustle when he tried to block the (laughs) that he couldn't even close to get to. He really managed to get in good position. Like, I realize he didn't actually accomplish anything. His his footwork was really exceptional when he put his face into the other player's chest as the other player just soared over. (laughs) It was exceptional footwork from Sean Bradley. A real go-getter. A lot of grit there. Well, like, you don't, I don't know, people don't talk about Yao Ming that way. Like, Yao Ming did have exceptional footwork and a mid-range game that was unparalleled for a player of his size, Mm -hmm. but, and he's an unquestioned Hall of Famer and everyone accepts it, but you don't really hear him, like, acknowledged in the same terms. You're like, oh yeah, Yao, he was pretty good. I mean, he was super tall, so who cares? So, you know, obviously he was good. Sean Bradley was taller than Yao Ming. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But, and like, there's... It's not that people are running to Sean Bradley's defense, but they're more willing to sort of let those things slide because he's not Chinese, I guess. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whereas the marketing around uh, Yao Ming was, that guy's from China. <laughs> Did you hear? What? Super from China. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And like, leaning into Yao Ming was like a really good marketing move by the no. NBA because it made them very popular in Asian markets. It's a, right? it's a big thing but. for inclusive, for, for inclusion and, and, and just stretching that brand. But also like they, they could have highlighted Yao Ming, the dude a they little bit. Really could have, but you know, but yeah, like the opportunity. Yeah, like a lot of the highlighting of personality in most major leagues is a negative thing. When you start talking about an individual in sport, about the person that they are, it's usually to discredit them in some way. Like, um, what's a good example? Iverson. Like, when Iverson showed up and became, like, the first recognizable identity off-court as well as on-court, that was 
treated with a huge amount of hostility by the NBA back oh, yeah. in the 90s. Oh, um, yeah. They hadn't yet figured out that this was something they could utilize to their own benefit. Yeah. Um, yeah, like Iverson, what was, the, do you remember the name of the magazine he was on during the lockout? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know, but he was on there in like a, some sort of retro jersey with his uh, cornrows all picked out, and people freaked out. Like, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. It, I do remember that. It was in the, the documentary. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, it Which was is a, a great huge, documentary. Yeah, it's a great doc. Yeah, the Iverson documentary is a great documentary. But like, it was a huge deal for reasons that weren't really related to Iverson, the basketball player, but were rated, related to Iverson as like a social entity. And it was sort of the first. It was the first time I can remember in my lifetime where players were understood in that way. Like, yeah. And it was the backlash was hugely negative, despite it just being a guy who had nothing to do because his sport wasn't actually happening. Um, being on a cover to promote, I don't even, I don't even remember what it was for. It's just Iverson was on the cover of this magazine. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was a, it was a big thing. It was like the sports world was like, we're not ready to see this. And it's like, you're not seeing anything. Yeah. There's nothing (laughs) new or different about this. Yeah. This is like, it's just a human being being a human being, like let him do his thing. Like this is what, this is what people want to know about players now because it was like the late 90s they were transitioning into the 2000s and it was just like this is the kind of stuff that like people want out of their sports stars no one wants just no one wants fucking larry bird anymore (laughs) we have a larry bird he's called gordon hayward no one likes him he's not that good of course he's not not as good as larry bird that's actually (laughs) pretty blasphemous to even larry larry bird was an extremely good basketball player oh god he's so good yeah um but yeah like that that movement towards not just being an identity on the court, but also an identity in a social realm was met with a lot of backlash because people didn't want to deal with the idea that um, players were individuals as well. Yeah. And like, and yeah, and that's kind of what we're getting is like a lot of this language is built around trying to still play down that identity, still trying to like not allow players to have an identity. Yeah. And um, some like, like we've been saying, some sports are getting better about it, about like, Leaning into that, leaning mm-hmm. into like, sure, these guys, yeah, they're great on the court, but they're also interesting in other ways. Like, they're interested in weird stuff. Like, we all pay attention to the, like, Kyrie, Kyrie Irving shows up, is like, maybe the earth is flat. And I'm like, what the shit, Kyrie? <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's funny, yeah. but like. Steph Curry says that the moon landing may not have happened. Yeah. Yeah. As a joke. Yeah. Clearly as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Like it's fun. It's fun. To, it's fun to listen to them. Like it's they're they're interesting people who like have their own ideas about how the world works, even if they're ridiculous and stupid. Like the Earth is flat, but yeah. it's it's funny. Like and it's fun to be around it. And but there's so much effort put into downplaying that by things like Major League Baseball and the NFL, and I would say even the NHL. Like that's they're oh my god, the NHL is like incredibly racist yeah oh deeply deeply racist yeah yeah like pk suban still can't go into any arena without somebody treating him oh, like yeah. he's an inferior yeah like who do you which league do you think is the worst about that about trying to not not about racism necessarily but about trying to downplay personalities of athletes do you think it's the nfl or the mlb or the nhl um well the mlb won't downplay a personality as long as it's white mm-hmm. so if like you're a white baseball player, you can have all the personality in the world. So they, in that sense, they they kind of do. But it has to be the NFL. Well, the NHL is the whitest league. They don't. There's like there's no personalities to downplay in the <laughs> NHL. It's like NHL players. Their things like we grow beards when they're in the playoffs. It's like oh, that's not a really a personality, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're, you're so you're the 2004 Boston Red Sox. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it has to be the NFL because they're, they police everything. Mm-hmm. They, test, they test for shit that doesn't even matter. They, they, you get suspended for, like, the dumbest shit that has nothing to do with football or, like, anything wrong whatsoever. I'm not saying that NFL players don't have problems because we've talked about these things, but the things that they're, that they're trying to enforce, the, the talk of, like, behavioral issues or getting into trouble and stuff is always more spoken about in the NFL. Yeah. No, I think that's about right. Like, I think, um, 
I think in the NFL, you're like you're looking at something where they want to really present this sort of united player front, where like it's all about unity yeah. in the team. Because this goes like we've and again speaking of other things we've talked about before, it goes back to that sort of militaristic idea of football as the army, but in sport. Yeah. And everybody operates as a unit, and nobody steps out of line ever, right? And uh, there's no. So there's no space for a personal identity there. Like you're just not allowed to have one anymore. The uh, the second that you start to create that outsized personality, like um, Odell Beckham, who we can talk about more later because yeah. he's got news. But um, like you start to do that, and then you start to become a target. Like you mm-hmm. start to become something that people will talk about as the problem on a team, whether or not you are, because yeah. you're too present in the um, social discussion about the sport or the yeah. activity. Yeah, because people are talking about you, you are now you are now labeled a bad person. You can't control what people are saying about you. So even if you're not doing anything wrong, you're still seen as like a clubhouse cancer. Yeah, and like. And that's, but that's weird because Odell, by all accounts, is widely beloved by teammates. Everybody who plays with him really likes him, believes he yeah. works really hard, and believes he's very passionate about the game. Um, there's actually no player reports that suggest anything different. In the, in the media and in the way that the fan base wants to talk about him, he's seen as selfish because after he wins a playoff game, he wants to go hang out on a boat with some of his friends for a day down in Miami. Yeah. And then come back for his work week. Yeah, like, it, it, which that scene is bad, but it's like, well, why do you care? He's not on the clock, dude. Yeah, he's not at work. Like, yeah. I'm. Would you would you like your activities on your weekend to be policed? Like, yeah. well, your job involves you work security at I don't know a fucking shopping mall, and I noticed that you were out walking around on your weekend. Shouldn't you be saving that energy for when you have to walk around the mall? What if there's a shoplifter? Yeah, you might have How to go catch him. What if you're tired from walking around on your days off? Yeah, I'm gonna. You should be. You, um, yeah. you should be on the couch. You I'm, shouldn't be permitted to leave your couch. I'm gonna need you to be way more like Paul Blart. Yeah, and way less like you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, and this shit like it pretty much exclusively happens to athletes of color. Like, oh, one hundred percent, one million percent. Yeah. Like, if you want to talk about guys who had known character issues, there's always Johnny Manziel, who had a well-documented drinking problem in college, and still, what, number two overall? Yeah. Yeah, to the Browns, because maybe he'll figure it out. Maybe he'll just get over it. Maybe mm-hmm. it'll be fine. It clearly wasn't. Like <laughs> he, went, he, went, he went high in the draft. Yeah. Yeah. And but you, no, you, then you like have someone say that like I don't know. I saw this um, top-ranked defensive lineman smoke weed a time, and now they're a fourth-round pick. Yeah, because they're black and they had a bowl. Or like when Colin Kaepernick took Alex Smith's job. Every time Colin Kaepernick did anything, like he threw an interception, it was like, oh, Alex Smith would never do that. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, he would, motherfucker. Alex Smith, all he did was throw interceptions. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Why would you even think that? <laughs> Alex Smith would never have done that. Of course he would have. <laughs> Honestly, there's an open question as to whether Alex Smith would have even been in the position to throw that interception. Because he might have been sacked fucking four seconds ago. <laughs> yeah. You ask Alex Smith, he's probably like, oh yeah, I would have thrown a pick there for sure. I would have thrown two. I would have fumbled it, actually. Yeah. It, would have, it would not have gone well for me. I'll tell you that right now. I would have thrown it right at the linebacker. <laughs> yeah, but no, we live in we live in the yeah. age of certified tape eaters who eat tape and then they poop the tape out and then they eat it again. They're basically like a cassette loop. Yeah. Um, and they use it all to value players who aren't as good as the guys who they want to have an issue with and like bring up players who Yeah. NFL know? analysis is bad. And like when when tape is used to that to that like regard it's always just like they're just trying to be racist or they're trying yeah. to like make it make some kind of asinine point maybe it's i've not always watched racist, the but... tape i've watched yeah. the tape and i can tell you right now right now jerry rice not that good <laughs> <laughs> a lot of players could have done what he did wes welker could do what jerry rice did fucking wes welker i'm <laughs> like i don't want <laughs> Wes, so we, we opened on Randy Moss, and uh, 
Wes Welker and Randy Moss were on the same fucking team. Yeah. The same team. And Wes Welker was, like got a lot of those grit and hustle and smart player. And like probably someone threw a sneaky fast in there, I'm sure. Yeah. And like I'm not like I'm not necessarily <laughs> hating on Wes Welker. I think Wes Welker yeah, was a pretty good Welker receiver. Did anything wrong yeah. in this scenario? It's not his fault. But Randy Moss shows up in New England, and everyone just starts talking about how Randy Moss has to come back from his character issues yeah. from before. Which are you fucking serious? Like you're talking about an all-time great, and how he has to live up to the standard of Wes fucking Welker? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, yeah, and it's it's really funny because like if you just pay attention to these games it's like Wes Welker was open and open as a check down because Randy Moss is doubled yeah and even after Moss left and Wes Welker was still coming up with these big games it's because Gronk was doubled yeah like they're he Wes Welker was never the guy <laughs> but if you ask a lot of people Wes Welker was the guy and it's just it's kind of maddening yeah Wes Welker was the second option in the slot and he would run these short in routes in a very well, very, very well designed offense that was designed for him to be the second option where he'd probably be open. Yeah. Where if the main guy, a Moss, a Gronkowski, you know, and even back at that time, like a Hernandez, um, if they weren't open, Welker probably would be. And if yeah. he wasn't, there was another option. There was a check down to, I don't know, yeah. Corey Blunt or somebody. Um, yeah, there was always there's always a Welker like just finishing a drag route once the mm-hmm. yeah it, it was it, he was never the first option. Yeah. If you design a first option around Wes Welker, you're probably doing it wrong. No, and we saw that in uh, 2015 with the uh, Broncos when um, they had no play. They had Demarius Thomas running go routes and Emmanuel yeah. Sanders doing the exact same thing in one on one, and then Wes Welker's supposed to get open somehow. Yeah. Nah, doesn't work. And that was the end of Peyton Manning's career. <laughs> when he had literally the worst season of his life and we won a Super Bowl because Von Miller is amazing. Yeah. yeah. Who they said he had character issues too. Yeah. Because he did Molly. So? Yeah, exactly. What? What? Dude runs a charity to provide <laughs> glasses to uh, inner city youth who cannot afford them and he owns a chicken farm. What else do you yeah. want? Yeah, what else do you want from Von Miller? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile... Every student at UCLA is on Molly as we speak. And like, they're fine. literally right and now. And they're fine. Yeah. They're going to get English degrees and stuff. And Yeah, they'll, yeah they're going to. They have their own problems to worry about. But it's not Molly, <laughs> is what I'm saying. <laughs> I got really sad for a second there. I'm like, oh, fuck. No, they all have English degrees. Shit. <laughs> That's too bad. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> like, even, like. <clears throat> Even in this offseason, you can kind of see it happening with um, the narrative around Antonio Brown, like who's been traded from the Steelers to the Raiders, who and as now being talked about whether or not he's really going to be a team player, who whether he's really you know in it for the uh, players around him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And really, the reason he's leaving is because fucking Ben Roethlisberger ran him out of town by being a shitbird. Yeah. Because like, Antonio Brown is probably one of the top three receivers in the nfl he's one of the best overall players in the nfl yeah yeah and now and like now we're sitting here and be like well he's not really a leader and then we want to sit here and talk about ben roethlisberger like oh he's really a leader he's real tough you know he really yeah. he's really there for his team he's he's a fucking asshole yeah like Speaking of guys who are fucking, like, leaders and tough and gritty and have multiple credible accusations of sexual assault in their past yeah. and have really moved past that rough spot in their lives. Right. The, like, the rapist gets to gets to have a good reputation yeah. with the team and, like, media, but the guy who's better than the rapist <laughs> apparently can't? Which is fucking weird. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I'd have a decent completion percentage just throwing to Antonio Brown all the time. Like, yeah. Because he's that fucking good. And then like, dumping off to Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and now we're sitting here like, 39-year-old Ben Roethlisberger who raped two people. Really, you know, really a great leader. Yeah. What 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 a leader. That, a real guy that people want to get behind. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've heard nothing... No one has ever indicated to me that players really like Ben Roethlisberger. A lot of people, a lot of players have said they really like playing with Randy Moss. And a lot mm-hmm. of players have said they really like playing with Odell Beckham. Frankly, a lot of players said they really like playing with Wes Welker. Yeah. But these guys, you know, they're always presented in terms of character issues and problematic behavior by the media and by the fan base, even though the people who actually 
have to be there while they do their jobs do not have those complaints and do not even bring them up because they don't exist in the world that supposedly creates those problems. Yeah. When Randy Moss was on the Niners and like really didn't play that much, they loved him. Yeah. Like he because they're like, oh my God, he's such a like great like veteran presence. Like he he's a leader in the clubhouse, in this very young clubhouse that did not have a lot of playoff experience. And Randy Moss that was beloved. There's no there's no 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 player was gonna say anything about him and yet this is his reputation for his career. It's kind of crazy. It's very strange. It's very, very strange. Like and this, like, yeah, this is just this sort of couched racism that we want to pretend doesn't exist in sports. Like, Joey Batista flips a bat and he's an asshole. Yeah. And he gets thrown at and we're like, oh, well, he did, probably deserved it. Yeah. But. Well, anytime a, a baseball player that is a person of color does something, like flips a bat or celebrates in a way that is the way that they do it in their country, they're seen as, like, bad dudes. Yeah. Like, like I mean. This guy, racist-ass Larry Kruger, in 2005, referred to the Giants hitters as brain-dead Caribbean hitters who hack at slop. Oh, yeah. That's oh, fucking you told, racist yeah. as hell. He still has a job with KMBR. He got fired, and then they brought him back, and it's like, he still has a job. He's still, a, he's still every morning talking about Giants baseball. There was a bunch of performative complaining about him. Like, a bunch yeah. of people like, well, you really shouldn't talk that way. Yeah. But then you also end up, like... Clearly, he's still working in baseball. He's yeah. still reporting on baseball. He's still on the radio. And then you have the same thing, like, we've been talking about uh, Dr. Lorena Martin's case, where yeah. we have people who show up and uh, are saying, well, the Dominicans, they they don't know what to do. They're yeah. terrible at everything because they're Dominican. And then she brings it up, and it's just about pushing it out of the way, about ignoring yeah. that this could ever possibly be an yeah, issue. Three people of color in the Mariners organization have said that this is a thing. Yeah. And yet, Jerry Depoto is, you know, oh, he's going to rebuild the roster. It's like, oh, grass, you grass. Baseball fans are racist. Like, we've talked about that a bunch. Like, oh, yeah. football fans are racist. Um, not all of them. If you're out there being a football fan, be like, well, I'm not racist. Well, maybe you aren't. But the group that you're associated with is, in general, pretty racist. So yeah. maybe try doing something about it. I, I don't think these leagues would be uh, heavily marketing towards your racism yeah. <laughs> if, you were, if you weren't racist. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not saying the league isn't to blame here, because they definitely shouldn't be marketing towards your racism, but they are for a reason. Yeah. It's, yeah. They're, like, there's... there's They're shitty and you're shitty. It's, yeah, they see, they see the window for who to promote to, and they're going about this one, and just, you need to, if you can't, if you're not willing to attack that as a problem, then you're being a bad sports fan, in my book, like... Yeah. Just yeah. pay attention to it and be ready to stand up anytime. It's like, well, this guy's lazy. You're like, no, he probably fucking isn't. Did you notice he's a professional <laughs> he's a athlete? Professional athlete? Yeah. You call him lazy? <laughs> That's crazy. He's <laughs> like, well, he didn't run out that pop fly to shortstop. How many times do you think that guy has popped out to short in his life? And how many times do you think running it out has worked out for him? He, he knows. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's he knows he's yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. I can, it's not, it's, I don't know. It's not even just like racialism. Like, there's also you could also look at like what happened when Michael Sam came out as openly gay coming into the NFL draft, and he actually dropped like pretty substantially oh, in the yeah, draft. Dude, that was that was wild. Yeah, and like it wasn't really like it wasn't really because anyone had genuine concerns about his ability to play the game. I don't think um, he was viewed as undersized already. And, but he was also one of the leading pass rushers in um, in Big Ten history at the time, uh, coming out of, uh, what was it, Missouri? Yeah. Yeah. The official reasoning was because he was a, air quotes, distraction. Yeah. That he was somehow a locker room yeah. issue. Yeah, another another one of those words that they use for someone that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, and like, that's not, no one was willing to look at that. As um, like whether or not the NFL is capable of dealing with a genuine social issue with their first openly gay player, but really whether or not, you know, this this potential issue could be worked around by the league. Like they made the problem not that uh, they have issues with trying to be on top of the social dynamics of the country moving forward, but about whether or not. Um, that distraction could be dealt with effectively by the media arm of the team that took him. Yeah. 
and it killed his career honestly oh, yeah. like he probably sh- he went in the sixth round and he was i think he was initially projected as a third round pick before his uh open admission of his homosexuality they were ref- they refused to talk about like whether or not the NFL is capable of being an inclusive and socially progressive league and instead turned it into a discussion about how what they do affects the sport when someone is not just a straight guy in public yeah like there was no there was no ability there was no there was wasn't even any willingness to try and figure out if they were able to accept a gay man yeah. into the league. Was it the the Rams drafted him, right? I think the Rams did, yeah. It, like, it just seemed like the NFL just didn't want this to ever happen. They wanted this to go away immediately. So they just kind of like, they said, oh, it's too much of a locker room. Uh, it, was a, it was a locker room distraction. Uh, it's it's, it's going to be too much. Uh, I don't know if a team can take this out. Oh, they shouldn't draft him. And then, you know, someone drafted him, but it didn't work because they were, they were scared of the things that yeah. the media was going to say. And the fans were going to say. Right. Because any any failure that he had was always going to be, like, couched in that idea of, like, how was he dealing with being the first openly gay athlete in the NFL? Which, that's a lot of pressure to put on a 22-year-old. Yeah. Obviously. And I thought Sam dealt with it pretty well. Um, you know, there was, no, there was never going to be a support system in place there because nobody wanted there to be. Nobody wanted this. They saw him as a problem. And they didn't want this problem, so all they could do was find ways to move on from him. Like the second, the second his performance slipped, that was an excuse to be like, "Well, he's just not going to cut it here." There was never going to be any development attempts. Like they're not going to say, "Like, oh, we really think he could turn into a really, really good contributor for us." Like he was never. He either had to be great, like genuinely historically great, or he had to go away. That was it. Yeah, that, those were the only two options. Yeah, and the and the NFL didn't really want to tell a story either way. It's like he could have he could have just been a like a average NFL player, and that would have been perfectly fine. You can still tell a story because yeah. it's important. But they wanted it gone immediately. Yeah. They wanted it out of there. Yeah, in order in order for Michael Sam to have an NFL career, he would have had to have been Michael of, Irvin. Yeah, he would have had to have been like Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, there was just nothing there. There was there was no interest in allowing that to happen, even if it took time. Like mm-hmm. it either had to happen immediately or it had to go away. Yeah. So. And then like and <laughs> fuck man, even if it had like even if Michael Sam had turned into a Hall of Fame talent right out of the draft, it wouldn't have been talked about what he went through. It would have been talked about the risks that the program who developed him went through. <laughs> like, yeah, it, yeah. it would have had nothing to do with the fact that. This guy was brave enough to show up before the draft, be like, "I'm, I'm a gay man," mm-hmm. and then to go out and succeed at this level. It would have been about the risk the Rams took on him, yeah. knowing the potential controversy that would have surrounded him. Yeah, I could just That's imagine it. an ESPN analyst now yeah. going, "Well, I don't want to talk about all that other stuff. Let's talk about this sack that he made on third down in the fourth quarter." <laughs> yeah, it's just like, "All right, uh, fuck, okay, <laughs> shit. This is where you're going with that." I, yeah, it's. It's they would have they there would have been so many ways that they would have like tried to squash that like the the NFL is really gross yeah that's I mean I don't know we've been t- t- clowning on the NFL a lot but it's not just them like we've said it's also it's also baseball it's baseball it's also the NHL it used to be basketball too yeah like, yeah, yeah yeah most definitely I mean it it it, it would be hockey. If there were people of color playing <laughs> hockey, which there's there's a few, but there's like you know, three yeah. yeah. There's Subban and Pat or Evander Kane and some others. But yeah, not but a even, lot. But even those guys are viewed as legitimate, like first or second line guys. Like it's mm-hmm. not like they're role players. They're viewed as indispensable pieces of a yeah. rotation. It's not, you know. I imagine if you were just a guy who could fit in on a third line in the NHL, but you were also a person of color, they'd probably get cut. They'd find somebody else. Yeah. They'd yeah. find some Russian dude who, like, they're about as good as you, maybe. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Replacement level Russian <laughs> guy. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Fucking gross is the point. Want to do some hype drags? Yeah, let's do some hype drags. You want one? Mm, yeah. I want to okay. start with uh, Blake Snell. All right. Blake Snell on the Tampa Bay Rays, um, who is possibly, 
he's up there with some of the best young pitchers in baseball. Um, he's in his final year of his contract before he's arbitration eligible. He received a pay raise from the Tampa Bay Rays this year um, from his uh, league minimum contract. They gave him a so for uh, context, an NF an MLB team can at any point give a player a raise for any yeah. reason they want. You yeah. can just raise a guy's salary, which is great, especially for young players who you want to cultivate goodwill with. Yeah. Um, in order to encourage them to sign with you again, or you know maybe even just like get them to ask for a little less in the arbitration court, you yeah. know beforehand. So Blake Snell, on a minimum contract, received a raise of fifteen thousand uh, dollars. Ten thousand of that, two thirds of it, was mandated by the rise in the MLB salary floor. Jesus. They had to give it. So to they him. gave him a five thousand. <laughs> they gave him a five thousand dollar raise because they're a bunch of cheapskates, and Blake yeah. Snell was like a literal Cy Young candidate. Yeah, and yeah, probably no, will be one next of the year. Best players yeah. or one of the best pitchers in the American League. Yeah. He he gonna he's he, Tampa Bay he's gonna go as he's, soon as he's, he can he is he's gone been I pretty, can feel it already which is why I want to hype Blake Snell for essentially going out in the media and be like yeah I got this bullshit raise when like I wasn't asking for much but I would have liked some indication that you want me here and you gave me five grand and that's it yeah and that's bullshit so I'm hyping the shit out of Blake Snell for knowing what he's worth and also for openly stating that his arbitration argument next year is gonna go way high like yeah. and I want to drag the Tampa Bay Rays for like you do not want to keep a good player what the fuck is wrong yeah. with you one of the worst organizations yeah. in major League Baseball just from top to bottom just, just fucking just garbage so bad yeah so bad who you want? Okay, I'm going to drag jazz fans. Okay. Stop being dicks to Russell Westbrook. You do this all the time. <laughs> this isn't the first time you've like pissed off Russell Westbrook. He's a human being. He has feelings. He's not a he's not out here trying to listen to you say crazy shit. And if he says it's racist, I believe him because yeah, it's Utah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. I kind of believe it. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. I just kind of believe him there. But I do want to hype Westbrook, but I also want to say, drag him a little bit in the same. <laughs> Maybe don't threaten to assault a woman. Yeah, that's that, that's actually a very a bad look. I don't. That's not. Don't do that ever, Russell. But also, actually, you know, this is this is double drag. Actually, <laughs> now that I think about it, this is a double drag. We're just going for the drags. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm. That's, Russell, that's don't a don't just be like, yeah. I'm gonna beat up your girlfriend. Yeah, like that's beat up the racist dude. Yeah. Yeah, and then like they interviewed a dude who he had a camouflage jazz hat, and I was like, oh yeah, he's for sure a racist. <laughs> like, I was like, oh yeah, because he was like, we were just heckling. I thought it was good fun. It's like I don't know, good fun to you seems like some weird shit. So I'm gonna go ahead and believe Russell on this one. But also, Russell, don't fucking don't threaten a woman. That's weird. One of my favorite things I ran across on the internet were stories about that incident and dudes showing up at the comics like, I'm not scared of Russell Westbrook. What's he? 6'3", 220 pounds, tiny man. Like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> tiny? I'm like, I'm 6'4", 240. Like, are you a professional athlete? <laughs> yeah, this dude could kill you. <laughs> <laughs> they will punch you. your face directly off. Yeah. <laughs> like, He's like, no, nah, I, I could take him. I could totally take him. Like, all right, all right. Yeah, Good man. luck with that, I guess. Maybe what maybe what we need is every once in a while we should just allow malice in the palace to happen so that fans <laughs> shut the fuck up. Fucking, <laughs> <laughs> what's that movie where like crimes don't where like laws don't exist for like one one day? Oh, the purge. The purge. Yeah. <laughs> malice in the palace for one day. <laughs> In Utah. Yeah, just specifically in, in Utah. Utah. You can Although say in that... Golden State, it would be very funny. It would be oh, like yeah. all those tech bros and like <laughs> angel investors like, no, I don't <laughs> want this smoke at all. <laughs> God, the, I remember like one of my, fa I won't say favorite memories, but like you and I both watched Malice in the Palace live and watching Jermaine O'Neal take a sliding punch into the face of like some like. Kind of turtle like, from yeah, it's basically turtle from, from Entourage, and he just like comes. Jermaine O'Neal comes in from the other side of the screen and like slips and falls and still hits this guy directly <laughs> in the face and just knocks him on his ass. Like 
He didn't even have his weight behind it. He fell down in the middle of throwing the punch, and he still just smoked this dude. And you think you can take a guy who's, like, absolutely ready to fight? Yeah. All right. Whatever yeah. you say, Whatever you... weird gym bro. <laughs> Whatever you say, gym bro 69. God. Uh, I want to drag... Well, I want to hype Le'Veon Bell. Okay. Because he held out. And he got a uh, new contract with the New York Jets to uh, with a sizable amount of guaranteed money for the next four years. He actually pretty much got what he wanted. He beat the offer that the uh, Steelers were giving him because it involved a lot of rolling guarantees. His guaranteed money on that Steelers offer wouldn't have actually been that good. He got a lot of it from the Jets. Good for him. I also want to drag... What? The Jets, Le'Veon? You signed with the Jets. Yeah. The fucking Jets? I mean, if they're going to give you the money you want, mm. go for it, but damn. All right, yeah. that's fine. I mean, I guess Daryl Revis did the same thing. It worked out okay for him, except <laughs> they went 6-10 and ten the whole time. Yeah. Like, that's you. You're, you're new Daryl Revis, so I look forward to your contract with the uh, Patriots. Daryl Revis right went when to the playoffs ends. with them. Oh, yeah, that was the Mark Sanchez era. That's yeah, right. Rex Ryan and Mark Sanchez Rex when they were like Sanchez good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it, that's weird that, like... We say this now, we look back on the Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez era, and we're like, that was pretty good for them. <laughs> they did okay. <laughs> they did. They, they, went to, they went to like two straight AFC title games. No, no, they went to a AFC title game, and they went to the playoffs twice, and then they fell apart, I think. Okay. Well. Don't okay. quote me on that, but I think uh, that's no, how that out. went. All right. Yeah, yeah I, I thought two straight sounded a bit much when I said it. I'm like, no. <laughs> That Mark Sanchez right. did not go to two straight. Then the butt fumble happened and everything just went to hell. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. Um, I love the butt fumble. I will. I want to first preface this with Felix Hernandez. It looks like he's kind of done. So he will not be starting on opening day in Japan. Uh, he's a little mad about it, but that's neither here nor there. He's in the final year of his big contract, and it kind of just looks like he's uh, unfortunately a little washed. Yeah. Uh, I want to drag the Mariners first and foremost for not giving him anyone around him like at all to <laughs> help him get to the playoffs. Nice like, job getting your uh, best pitcher in history yeah. to the playoffs zero times. Yeah. And, and Ichiro was there too, and it's just like, <laughs> you didn't get these guys in, the, in playoffs? Get you the had, fuck out of here. You had two Hall of Famers. Yeah. And just garbage. Yeah. And, they, you know, they couldn't field a first baseman. Like, they haven't fielded a, a non-league, a non-replacement level first baseman since 2009. I've looked at this. It's 2009 was the Jesus. last time they had a, they had a, they had a, like a, a decent first baseman that was like, a, and he was a three-win player. That's not even that great. <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to hype Felix. Great career, my guy. And then drag the Mariners. What the fuck? Come on. Just, What's you had, wrong with you? You had one of the best pitchers ever. You had one job. Yeah. Go to the playoffs once. A time. Just yeah. a time. And now this is maybe the last time. Hopefully he signs on. Just with like, Hopefully he takes like a bullpen spot in like the Yankees next year. And I don't know. Like, this, like, apparently the Phillies are going to be good. Yeah. Right, they can go to Phillies. Mm. Hey, Jared Abato should have traded him to the Phillies. <laughs> Just throw him in there in the fucking John Segura trade or something. Yeah. I want to drag Darren Ravel again. Oh, our dear friend Darren. Yeah, Darren Ravel, Captain Brands, um, <laughs> for saying that uh, A-Rod getting married to Jennifer Lopez is the greatest brand comeback in history. Brand comeback? <laughs> yeah. A-Rod apparently needed a brand comeback, and this is the best one ever. Yeah. By getting married to J Lo, being the being uh, Sunday Night Baseball uh, <laughs> his main color commentary <laughs> guy is not enough for uh, for A Rod. All right, oh, that's not for good enough for his brand. Just, just being A Rod in general. <laughs> yeah. So like, Darren, fucking knock it off. Shut up. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like, just shut up, why dude. Why are you so weird, Darren? Why do you? Why do you? Why are you like this? What? Yeah. Like, did something happen to you? Like, what happened? Yeah. Did Adidas just treat you really poorly as a child? Like, <laughs> what happened to you? But also, congratulations to Alex. Disclose the centaur painting, Rodriguez. 
Yeah, please disclose the centaur painting. And uh, to also Jennifer, an Instagram post of you of the centaur painting would make my fucking year, Lopez. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Congratulations. Congrats on the, the brand painting. merger, my guys. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great comeback. It's a great comeback. Brand comeback. <laughs> that you fell in love and want to start a family together. Also, yes. what is... Uh, the fact that, like, getting married to Alex Rodriguez, a retired baseball player, is the most noteworthy Jennifer Lopez noteworthy, noteworthy thing Jennifer Lopez has done in years is a little weird to me. She made that one movie that was basically about statutory rape. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, but it sounds creepy. She she bangs a high school kid. All right. Yeah. Oh wait. Yeah, and then I he remember, gets obsessed yeah, with her, and he's yeah, like, yeah. It's like a weird. It's supposed it's like to be a, a thriller. Thriller, yeah. yeah. It was, it's like what if, <laughs> yeah, what if the graduate, but like way, way, way creepier. Yeah, I don't and like not I, creepy in like the horror movie way, but creepy yeah. like oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's actually a shit show of a movie. Yeah. All right. Never saw it, but yeah. Didn't More hype to. drags. More hype drags. What do you got? Oh, it's me now. Yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. I don't think I got anything else. Oh, 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 I do have one. Okay. <laughs> I want to generally just hype Zion. All right. Just in general. And then I want to, just for being great at basketball and doing good basketball things and coming back from this shoe exploding. Good shit. All good shit all around. Hooray. Love about you, to Zion. the tournament. Zion, be in the NBA soon and own. And then I want to drag Jeff Eisenberg of Yahoo Sports, who... <laughs> actually, I have to... Who... Who wrote this? Who wrote this article? Said, How would Zion Williamson fare in the NFL draft? <laughs> first round, ba- first round based on potential alone is what someone else said. It's like stop trying to get him to go to the fucking NFL. Don't even think about it. <laughs> Leave him alone. No, do not. He's. It's like, hey, how would you like to go to a league where they pay you less? And you're slowly dying on the field <laughs> while we yell at you and don't let you have any like decisions that you can make in your life. And also, none of your contracts are guaranteed. And also, half the fans are going to hate you. Just kidding. 60% of the fans are going to hate you. A a direct quote from this motherfucker's article is, How good a football player Williamson could be is probably destined to be one of sport's great unanswered questions. Yeah. Yeah. Great unanswered Great questions. Unanswered que- that's what- not like what Ted Williams could have done if he didn't have to go like fight a war in the middle of his career. <laughs> what would Williams like- have done if he didn't have to go <laughs> kill Nazis? <laughs> or like what if Michael Jordan hadn't had an under the table suspension about gambling? Or I don't know. What if um, Lou Alcindor hadn't died of a cocaine overdose yeah. right after the draft? Those are great unanswered yeah. questions. Or what if the Monstars were real <laughs> and actually did take over the NBA? That's what I need to know. <laughs> Other than Michael Jordan would bet on them. <laughs> Outside of, you know, he, wasn't, he wouldn't be in anything. Was, you know, just be a couple bucks. Yeah, you know, a little a, bit. Just a little not, bit here and there. Not a big deal. MJ, do your thing. Yeah, I'm all fine with you. Well, I'm not really. I, th- I think you're kind of a dick, but <laughs> it's kind of. I mean, well, yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I have to do, shout out to uh, our dear friend Jerry for sending me that link of that for that article. Oh yeah, at, like 3 p.m. today, and I immediately was just like, "Thanks for the content, my guy." <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to throw that out there. All right. Well, I would like to hype. Nobody, literally nobody, so that I can drag every single person caught up in this college admissions scandal on the athletic side. Oh, yeah. Everyone, all these, like, rich people who decided to bribe college coaches to pretend that their kids were athletes. Um, All of the college coaches who are like, yeah, sure, whatever. The guy who put all of this together by photoshopping their kids' faces onto stock photos of other players particularly the guy who bought a bunch of water polo equipment, dressed his kid up in said water polo equipment for a photo shoot so they could pretend he was a water polo player. (laughs) And then when they sent the photos in, we're told by the guy, you need to be lower down in the water because no water players, water polo players get up that high. So they did it a second time and sent a new photo. Um, And the sailing team, I think from Stanford who sold the same spot twice 
to a kid who decided not to go to Stanford and then a second kid who spent five times as much money to go there. So they got $610,000 for one spot on the sailing team they weren't actually going to give to a person who knew how to sail a boat. That's incredible. It's just, I love this story so much. One of the people listed their daughter as the co-captain of a Japanese national soccer team. What the fuck? That's yeah. a big deal. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> That's a huge I deal. I love this story so much. If you haven't read about it, you absolutely should. It's hysterical. There are rich people, celebrities, and weird NCAA idiots involved. Yeah. Aunt Becky's oh going to go to jail. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Everything about it is funny. Yeah, pay a coach directly to pretend your shitty kid is an athlete so they can get into USC? (laughs) Absolutely. Pay the actual athletes whose existence essentially made that system possible? Deeply immoral. (laughs) (laughs) And millions of dollars went into this! Millions! (laughs) Millions of them! The the checks that I've seen on some of these, I'm like... That's so much money <laughs> to just, you're already rich. Your kid doesn't need to go to school, actually. <laughs> you can just be like, take that 500 million or 500,000, Aunt Becky, and then just give it to your kid and be like, here, start a business. You can't fail. Look at this fucking shit. <laughs> I'm going to funnel money to you no matter what. Pursue your dreams of continuing to be rich no matter what. Yeah, it's like it's like people who are so rich they're ex- they they're used to getting whatever they want, but they're not so rich that in this circumstance they can just buy a wing of like a fucking university so they can guarantee their kid can go there. Yeah. So they have to then bribe a bunch of like the fucking water polo coach to like pretend their kid is a water polo player. <laughs> What the fuck is this? What is happening? I've seen people like, hey, don't blame the kids. It's like, I don't know, he poses a water (laughs) I don't necessarily want to blame the kids, but like... I do. (laughs) What the shit? They're rich, I don't care. There's like a story about like... The guy who set all this up is like, we're going to pretend your kid was a kicker on the football team. And the dad is like, you know what? This is great. This might really be something for him to aspire to. He's like talking himself into the fact this kid might become a football player at USC after never playing sports before. You know what? My kid is a football player on USC. It's going to happen. This is a real thing. It's really maybe maybe it'll really like teach him to lean forward and reach out yeah. and touch the stars. No, no. It's like you're already rich. Just let your kid be rich. Oh my god, I want to get this story tattooed on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> let, the, let your kid like just just send your kid to New York and not have him go to any school. You're fucking rich. Who cares? Just get him this a penthouse so and be like, I don't know, go to a community college. Who gives a shit? Is it just so you could tell your friends like, oh? Little Aunt Becky got into USC. It's like, who gives a shit? USC? Also, like, I think there was one of them who got their kid into Arizona State doing this. (laughs) Arizona State is one of the worst public universities in the country. (laughs) Arizona State? Why were they aiming so low? USC? Seriously, USC? You didn't want to go to Harvard? Yeah. Like, Yale was part of it. A lot of Georgetown kids. Yeah. Like... Those are at least decent schools. Like, yeah, yeah, get them into Yale. Sure. I can't wait for them to all go to prison. It's going to be so funny. It's going to be the funniest funny. shit in the world. Oh, my God. I can just Aunt, 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 Becky's cur- Aunt Becky's currently out on quarter million dollar bail facing federal charges. <laughs> all these people are going to fucking jail. Yeah. This is amazing. Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Shit it's just, it's wild. like, it's like. Oh my god, this has every, this story has everything, has everything you could ever want in a ridiculous, ridiculous event. And with that, I think that's the show. Is that the show? Yeah. You're right. You can listen to us on Stitcher, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, on fucking Google. Chances are, like, you already know where to listen to us, because you're hearing us right now, (laughs) which is like, never really thought about that. But I am... I am at Patrick JCS. And I am at Wildly Pointless. And we are at All Sports Are Bad. Hit us up on Twitter because that's where that's where I live. Yeah. Where, Patrick does live on Twitter. I tweet yeah. approximately once every other week, so you should totally follow me just for like those moments of brilliance that I 
occasionally yeah. fart into the world. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me for saying literally everything that's in my head. Every <laughs> uh, I can't wait to see uh, why Coastal Delaware Technical State College Toledo campus is an eight seed. <laughs> we got March Madness coming up. Got it's going to be Madness. stupid. Yep. And I want to apologize, I guess, to Michael Jordan for making fun of his saying he would bet on the Monstars. That's mad disrespectful. But I kind of think he would. Because that would be the best part of the movie. Where, like, it's an M. Night Shyamalan like, plot twist. Turns out Michael Jordan was on the other team the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you just got bugs money. Ah, you threw the game, Doc. <laughs> I knew you would. Yeah. That would be a very. Elmer, different Fudd. Movie. Elmer Fudd is there. He's like. Elmer Fudd was there. <laughs> All right. Bye, Internet. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>